What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Pogo City Radio. I'm your host, Andrew Bedlam. We're getting today's show started off with some new parasitics to be featured on the one-sided split. Take the streets with the parasitic. Right, fucking sweet right there. New from the Parasitics. Like we said, that's going to be released on the Take the Streets split 7-inch featuring the Parasitics on one side it. Uh, on Pogo City Records, there is a link in the description to pre-order the release. A little backed up right now, but if you pre-order, we will uh, hook you up with some stickers and pins, maybe some other things. Pre-order was going uh, pretty good, so we decided to press a couple extra copies. But yeah, how you guys doing? Andrew Bedlam here, flying solo, apparently got covid not sure when. I thought it might have been at the show last week. I started having a cold, and it was funny because I was sitting there, and I was talking to some people, and they were like, oh, I had COVID like yesterday, and I was like, huh? And I was like, oh, geez. I was like, well, I haven't even had a COVID scare yet, and one of them was like, uh, watch. Well, now you're definitely going to get sick. Sure enough, by the time I got home, I had a tickle in my throat, and then uh, I wasn't really thinking COVID, though. I didn't really feel sick, sick. And um, I got some cold medicine on like Wednesday. But then on Friday, I talked to LCJ and she was like, oh, no, I can't. I have COVID. And I was like, fuck, if that bitch has COVID, I definitely have COVID. I was standing and there was posts online like, oh, I was at the show and I have COVID. Go get yourself checked. I was like, oh, damn, if all these people at the show 
last weekend with the parasitics have COVID. I probably have COVID. So it took me like a day to find the COVID tests that I thought I would never need. And uh, I, it took me like an hour to figure out how to use the goddamn thing. Video on YouTube helped, but uh, took it. The video on YouTube's so ridiculous too. Like it's so, I, I hate it. Like it's so like, we're trying to reach millennials. Like it's like trying to be funny and like internet-esque. Like, you know, that stupid childish internet humor is all in there. And it's like, just for example, like it's like, and when you ring out the Q-tip that's like, you know, been up your nose, Make sure you squeeze it in the jar to get all of that lovely, lovely sample in there. Like, stop, people. Stop acting like my fucking snot and this testing solution is fucking you know, weed or something. Like, I understand these tests could potentially save lives, but the whole video is shot from that thing. And the chick's like, you think you've got it hard. I'm the one who has to keep saying nostril as she's talking. It's just so, it's like, can you tell me how to make this fucking thing and why you didn't put the liquid in my jar to begin with? Like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But uh, I tested it and then uh, Rude Girl Jess has it too. So I'm hoping... I'm hoping we got it last weekend because if we did, then we should almost be done with it. But I'm really not sure because I think we might have got a small cold last weekend because, oh my God, have we been sick for the past three days. It was like, so it's Monday. So I mean, um, Saturday, Sunday, and today, super sick. And um, it was funny, like right after I took the COVID test, I, I doubt it was mental, but it, it almost felt that way. Instantly, boom, fell asleep, passed out on this uncomfortable, I didn't have a fever, but like, you know, like a fever type sleep where you're just like rolling and achy and cold sweats for like 13 hours. And uh, I keep getting these bursts. Like, I mean, me and Rude Girl Jess, the kids, we, we, we planted a bunch of flowers, dug a garden, laid some mulch, all while we knew we had it all at our own house. And, like, we died afterwards, but we were working hard in the sun for, like, four or five hours. Looks great, by the way. But, uh, yeah, it's been weird. So the past three days felt way more sick. So I'm like, damn, did we get it a little bit later? Because when I felt like I had a cold earlier in the week, it was not at all the same. I have had a sore throat, throat like straight through. My kids barely feel sick, and I'm not even wasting a test on them. I'm just assuming they have COVID and not sending them to school. It would be ridiculous for me and just to have COVID and them not. But uh, they have, like, little colds. So they, but I'm just, uh, I'm not going to waste the money on a test. But uh, me and Jess, Jess, is still pretty sick. I'm starting to feel better. But uh, yeah, so that's why I'm here flying solo. Got slightly a different setup right now and uh, something wrong with my live screen right now. But we're also recording some clips for YouTube. But I have my bass pedal board out in front of me here. And uh, I guess it's better for the uh, video watchers, but the audio listeners will, you know, have some, they'll get everything they need too. But I do have the board on screen so people can see it. I mean, I don't know how great of a view you guys, I guess it's not that bad, how great of a view. I can stand it up a little bit, but uh, we're going to do a little deep dive on my pedal board there is a pedal over here as well very hard to see but uh yeah we're gonna do a deep dive on my pedal board and uh talk about my bass rig in general a little bit but uh before we do why don't we jump to another track real quick 
Now we said the Parasitics got a split coming out with my band One Sided. We got some new tracks on there. I'm going to play you one of the older ones. This track can be found on our Spotify. So go over to Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, whatever your preference is. Type in One Sided. This comes off the Smash Your TV EP. Here we are with Crumble. All right, one-sided, crumble. All right, now uh, that'll be a good little reference for us to start this. See, uh, okay, so I got on this board, we got the Voodoo Labs power supply. From there, we go in to actually my wireless unit, which is not, the, the way the pedals are laying is not necessarily the signal order, what's plugged in first and everything. So up first, we have the uh, Sure... GLXD4 wireless system. It has the uh, battery recharger built right in it. So I have it mounted to the board and I have the transmitter on my strap and I can just pop the battery right out and um, stick it in the, the wireless unit on the board and it charges it in like an hour and a half and it lasts for like 12 or 13 hours. It's great. And uh, it comes on with a red warning light when there's like an hour left from there we go into the tuner and then we go into the mxr base di plus distortion now i don't ever use the di on this but this pedal is essential to my rig whether i'm playing clean or dirty mostly playing dirty but there is a color button on here and that thing is i guess it gives it like a scoop and uh, it sounds so good meaning cutting the mids i also always have the contour pushed on my amp which is another scoop and then i have the eq itself set to scoop it has um 
high mid and low mid, I have the low mid pulled back further, the high mid not pulled back as far, but still pulled back. That's my basic EQ setting on this bass DI pedal by MXR. When I'm playing this four string passive Fender, I uh, up the bass a little bit. Um, my uh, blend would be set to about, I guess that would be like two o'clock, meaning that's how much distortion to clean tone I have. And uh, most of the pedals I play with will have that feature on it. That's a feature I really like. I feel like that keeps the clarity and it keeps it sounding like a bass and not getting too digital because if you didn't have that adjustment where I could have as much clean signal as I want, things start sounding a little too fake. Then I have the trigger, which uh, is for the gate. I have it set all the way up and it gives me like a real compressed sound. Also, all my gains are always pulled back just a hair. Like if they're supposed to be at like noon, I have them pulled back just a hair. Always, if not, I get feedback central from there. We go into my new and favorite pedal, the MXR Poly Blue Octave. This bad boy just came out a couple months ago. It is like multiple pedals in one. It's like the MXR Octave. It's like the MXR Blue Box Fuzz. And it is the MXR Phase 90. And excuse me, it is not like those pedals. Those circuits are in here. All three of those circuits are in here. And... Um, in one box, so the one knob is, if you look at an MXR Phase 90, the orange pedal that Van Halen would use, it only has one knob on it. That whole circuit is in this knob. It gives you phasing. When something goes out of phase, it'll be like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Now you don't actually want that sound, but when people were accidentally making that sound and recording errors, then they started to like it, kind of like distortion, a mistake, something being broken or overloaded, but then they're like, wait, that actually sounded kind of good. How can we recreate, recreate it to use it in select situations? So phasing is a whoosh, 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 distortion or overdrive, the crunch, crunch, crunch. Fuzz is super distortion. Okay, so in this pedal, there is a fuzz circuit. And uh, there are octaves, so I can go two frequencies higher, one frequency higher, two frequencies lower, and one frequency lower. And uh, the lows don't really work on the bass. I have them turned on just the slightest bit. Gives me a different type of overdrive. But uh, the highs, I have up close to noon, and I like to turn the phasing on only a quarter of the way, as I would turn on a phase 90 maybe a little bit more than a quarter. And uh, depending on the song, I'm going to be using this in a lot of different ways. I'm going to have to be turning the knobs in live settings, but I've already found my settings and I love them. Next, then we go into the Aquapus, which is uh, George Tripp's, Way Huge's company. He also works for MXR and Design. So Way Huge is like his DIY company, but then he also has a day job with MXR and he, pre -de he designed the pedal we were talking about Previously, MXR, you know, like a major company, companies like JHS, way huge. Those are more like micro brews, independent companies. Uh, what do they call them? Boutique dealers that are now getting a lot more famous. From there, we go into a JHS Series 3 reverb pedal. This is the reverb pedal for me. First of all, it is only $99, but it has this switch on here that is a pre-delay, which takes the reverb off the front of the note. So um, a lot of people wouldn't use reverb on a bass, but when I play chords or when I play with the bass six, it makes it sound a whole lot better. I think it's because the bass strings are spread so far apart, it, it, you can hear it, it kind of sounds slinky. 
but it's like ding, 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 ding. Like the chord doesn't come through as quick. There's more space for your pick to travel in between notes. But with the reverb there, it kind of fans it all out. I don't have it at the beginning of the note because then it gets too flubby. And only this pedal I know has the pre-delay. So it cuts it off at the beginning of the note, has it at the end of the note, fills in those gaps in between strings, makes it sound a lot better. Up next is the Boss CEB3 Boss Bass Chorus Pedal. This is made for bass specifically. It is chorus. Chorus is where your tone gets out a pitch higher and like a half a second later, making it sound like there's a choir with it, kind of, you know what I mean? But it's actually slightly out of tune and running slightly behind your note. I have that running all the time but I have it very wide and tucked into the back. This is on all the time, whether I'm playing clean or dirty, and I think that pedal plus the color button being pushed on my MXR is what really gives me my identifiable bass tone. People, and I love hearing it, tell me, you know, now and then that they can tell it's me playing bass. I attribute that to these two pedals, really. I really feel like them mixed with my pickups and the way I play is what really gives me my sound. Up next on the board is something I almost never use, but it is fun to have on there. Um, I just stuck it. I'm, I'm probably going to take it off this board, and I'm just going to plug it into a wall pedal because I have three boards going. This is my main bass board, but that's a looper, so it's like a little recorder. So I can step on it and record myself real quick and like play it back and play over top of it and like stack tracks and like overdub like I'm in a studio. And uh, it's fun. It's good for practice. Some people incorporate it live. I do not. But um, it's fun to play with. So I'm thinking I might take it off the board so I could have it floating in between all three boards, especially because I don't really need it live. But then we have the um, Guitar Guts fucking kill boost pedal there's less than a hundred of these made it has a custom blood splatter paint job it is in flat black with a uh, you know dark red splattered all over it it has one giant knob for a clean boost it stays clean up until i get about three quarters of the way and then it really starts to overdrive so i have it pulled back just a little above three quarters and it has absolutely saved my life for my solo i get one solo a night on the bass and it would suck because I'd be practicing and getting this cool tone and playing it tight and you could barely hear me because of the mix and I want to jump out a little this allows me to jump out I step on this pedal and it doesn't change my tone at all which is something I want because I'm doing a solo I have some effects going on and by overdriving different portions it would make it sound different I don't want that to happen I have this at the end of my chain just making everything louder as long as I don't make it too loud it will stay clean I step on it makes me way louder than everybody else from my solo step on it again turn it off and then I'm back in the cut it also has a kill switch which I don't really use but sometimes when I'll ring out a note in like the beginning of Adderall this just like totally cuts my sound it mutes me so if I'm ringing out a note like here I have the bass let's show you See a kill switch, killing the signal. So I might do something like that. 
at the beginning or end of a song when we have a whole note ringing out. But this tone here is um, my main dirty tone, my main one-sided tone. It is the MXR in the chorus. See, that sounds a little off to me. I'm not liking something in there. There's too much uh, low in one spot or something. I'm not sure why that's happening. I have to go look at some shit. But, uh, yeah, not too bad. But that's kind of my main tone. Now, uh, let's jump over to that poly blue octave. The track I was just playing there was Locked Up. You can find that on Spotify by One Sided. But I'm going to reference this track we just played, uh, the actual track before I was speaking, Crumble by one sided. So, I'm going to turn on the poly blue octave for the intro. The intro is very bass heavy. I play some chords and uh, for the intro, I think it'll make it give it some different. Whoa. All right. So, it'll be like this. then at that part it does I get a little rest there the drums do a fill I'm gonna turn off the poly blue I'm gonna turn on my distortion setting and I would have already had on the reverb and I continue playing the same riff but without the distortion <laughs> Then it cuts to the chorus. I go back and forth with how I play this. I, I recorded it on the bass six. I, I switch things up. Sometimes I'll play the straight power chords. Sometimes I'll arpeggiate the chords. Arpeggiate, I'm playing the same chords, but instead of strumming it, I'm picking the notes in like a certain patter, pattern. Okay, but what, uh, and sometimes I'll play the chord in one part and then arpeggiate in the other. But now I'm pretty sure I'm just going to step on the delay. And... I just feel like that sounds badass as fuck. It just sounds so evil. I wanted that song to be heavy, hard, and evil, and I feel like this just takes it to the next level. All right, now if you're hearing that feedback in there, that's in there by design. 
there's actually a feedback knob on here. What this Aquapus is, is a tape delay, an analog tape delay. And uh, what is it, the Mark III? And uh, so a tape delay, back in the day, um, and Brian, people like Brian Setzer still do this. Okay, a tape delay was like a big machine that would record kind of like my looper over here, except it was an analog tape, and it would record their signal and play it back so they could have some delay, something like dun-dun, you know what I mean? Like a... See, the way I have things set up, I got to pull back that feedback a little. That's too much. If I'm actually, that's only happening with so much feedback because I'm not playing when I'm turning the pedal on. Normally, I'd be in the middle of a riff. I'd step on that. That little feedback noise comes through for like a second. And uh, what it's doing is a tape delay is kind of like a photocopy. So since it's not digital, every time it repeats, it gets shittier. It's not as high quality. Like it loses a little something. It gets dirtier. It fans it out more. So this pedal creates that that dirtiness with the feedback loop. I have mine turned up kind of high, but I love that squeal. I don't like how long it's lasting here, but if I was, if I had the board on the floor and I could do it with my feet in real time and there'd be like, See, like that, that sounds awesome. See what I mean? Fucking cool. It's fun. Go fuck yourself. It's fun. All right, that is the Aquapus by Way Huge. All right, so we were also demonstrating the reverb there. So let me show you this. See, I hear a huge difference. Maybe your ears don't. So this is how I don't use the pedal. And that's how I do use the pedal. If you notice, the note is more clean in the beginning. If you, the other setting, it's all oh, and echoed from the beginning. On this setting, there is no echo on the beginning, only on the end. And I feel like that gives me more clarity. Because if I played like this, notice it as much with no one else playing but I feel like when I have a room full of guitars and drums with the reverb on the front of the note it almost like quiets me down because you can't like put your finger on my note it blurs it too much so like I like having the front of the note there okay so that was a quick little deep dive on each one of the pedals we're gonna play a track and then we're gonna have a bunch of fun with the poly blue octave and we're gonna play some sloppy seconds because uh, their guitarist likes to use a lot of effects and uh, I appreciate it so here's Queens from outer space sloppy seconds up next on Pogo <laughs>
Alright, Sloppy Seconds Finally got the chance to see them this last summer It was fucking amazing One of my all-time favorite bands I first came across them on um, Blanks had like, I'm pretty sure My memory might be wrong But they had their own VML Live Or whatever it's called, VML Presents If you guys don't know what that was I want to say Chicago I don't remember what town is city it was but uh they used to stick up a couple mics in the crowd and would get a very raw live recording of whatever punk bands were at this particular venue and uh, they would release them under like vml live presents the sloppy seconds blank 77 i had several of these there was uh, casualties uh i i always liked them because i mean honestly i feel like if you're listening to a punk rock live album especially one recorded and the quality that these would be recorded. They weren't in the board. If you were to go from like the main outs of the board and everything was DI'd in, meaning if like there's cables that, co that can come out of the back of my amplifier back here, and sometimes we'll do this on stage. We plug into the back of my amp, get that signal, plug it into the board, have you come through the house speakers. If you're recording like that, a live, like it'll sound good. That's how you get like professional sounding live recordings. That's not how they did this. They would throw up a couple condenser mics in the fucking crowd strategically placed and the, everything would just be overloaded and blaring into these mics you could hear the crowd noise so if you listen to a live punk album like that in my opinion I always really just wanted to hear the banter you think of like Gigi Allen hated in the nation even though that's not like a real live album that was compiled but still the interaction with the crowd and uh, just the emotion of the crowd and I just always think of those VML live records and I just think of Mike just being belligerent in between tracks and it's fucking great and I also remember on the Blanks record all the tracks were printed wrong they were out of order that was that was kind of a thing I saw in several of them I believe but on the one it was like several bands it was like one track by Blanks one track by Sloppy Seconds and that was the first time I heard Sloppy Seconds and it was live and shitty but it was still just that rock and roll fucking Chuck Berry-esque shit and I like instantly fell in love and it's great too because my kids love the fucking band one of the first songs the absolute first song Ava knew was definitely Hey You by Blank 77 she could barely speak you could find old Hogo episodes with her hanging up out here being like Hey You play Hey You she would call it Hey You because that's how Mike sings it but uh yeah, after that, I think the next one was pretty much Can't Kill Joey Ramone. One of the most adorable things we ever saw was uh, that song came on in the car while me and LCJ were hanging out with all, like, 17 of our little girls. And as the song chorus came in, they all started singing it simultaneously. It was great. It was, like, ages between, like, three and nine, and they were all singing it. No, 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 don't take Joey away. It was fucking great. But uh, we have members of Blanks on here all the time. Renee's around all the time. Mike pops in from time to time. Uh, Kurt is in the uh, live comments right now telling me to speak English. I think he means with uh, some of the pedal jargon I have been using. But uh, Kurt with Dismantled Records is re-releasing the blanks portion of the Getting Blasted split. So we're talking, uh, hey you, I don't care, up the punks, 
something else to the Young Punks way in the back. I think that one's up the punks. I don't know. It's like five tracks. If you ask Mike, he says they have three and a half albums. This is the half. It was a split 12-inch. Kurt re-releasing it as a seven. It's going to be pretty awesome. The artwork is awesome. The uh, test pressing sold out already. They had 25 of them made up. We're going to get to the first track on the release. This was the first recording Blank 77 had put out in like 15 years or something like that. Here is Hey You, Pogo City. We're going to get to that uh, poly blue octave after this track. Blank 77 on Pogo City Radio. Yeah, definitely make sure you guys follow Dismantled Records on Instagram so you uh, won't miss the drop date of that Getting Blasted 7-inch. I know, um, well, the Blanks portion of the 7-inch. I know Blanks is headed out to California with Who Killed Spiky Jacket? And now... If you guys have been listening to this show for a while, you know there may or may not have been some disrespect or shade thrown by some people and some fans and some bands encouraging it. But I know it seems like, I don't know, uh, I remember, okay, so it all has to do with Brock and him getting slammed in the eye with a bass and uh, then being very much so disrespected and being told he was going to get jumped for being a snitch. something along those lines but this was all a long time ago and there's been many apologies given to brock to the fact where he said andrew do you talk about that on your show and i said brock we have talked about that 
endlessly on the show. He said, man, I have gotten so many apologies. And every time Blanks gets messaged, I get an email mentioned in something. He said, I get an email with an apology from someone in whatever state who's like, yeah, so I guess I guess they feel bad and it's all squashed now. So that's good. That's good. Us, us talking shit and bullshit actually resolved an issue instead of fueling the fire for once. How often does that happen? But uh, now, big ups to them for being mature and shit. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, it's cool. Blanks will be able to share the stage with them. That'll be good. Two awesome bands, I guess, get to play with each other. But yeah, so I'm going to talk about some pedals some more. So my new pedal is this sparkly gorgeous poly blue octave by mxr i was talking about it a little earlier i have switched bases i was playing my main squeeze ginger baby my little uh, orange capri orange creamsicle orange fender jazz bass that i would literally make love to if there was a hole big enough on it <laughs> yeah fender jazz bass absolutely love it that is my favorite tone i have a uh, sterling Ernie Ball Stingray 5 on my lap now that I bought to try and teach myself how to play a 5. I uh, like the 5 for some situations. A 5-string bass incorporating a low B. So going your standard bass that I was playing before, 4 strings, E, A, D, G. We are now adding one lower string, so it's a B. And isn't that thunderous? I literally wanted to get this song just so an Adderall I could go. I mean this bass. But uh, yeah, this poly blue octave, so we're going to turn off the distortion from the MXR. Still keep the tone shaping on. We are overdriven as hell. There's a preamp in this bass, so it's got. I gotta pull back the volume. We're probably fucking blowing up everybody's eardrums right now. Let me get to some audio waves. Do a nice little live. Fuck live sound checks with active basses. This is why passive basses are better. This is ridiculous. Doing a little EQing. All right, yeah, I'm not very happy with this bass. I actually hate its tone. Um, it was very cheap. That's why I bought it. I always wanted to try one of these. Maybe the American-made ones are better, but overall, very disappointed with this bass. I do play it in some songs because it has the low B, but in uh, some of them, I'm going to be using the fuzz distortion, and I absolutely love it. It's something new I'm going to be incorporating. I'm not even going to be using the octaves and the fucking... Um, Phaser, I'm going to turn all that shit off and I'm just going to use it as a blue box fuzz, MXR blue box fuzz because that circuit is incorporated in here and like it's just super overdriven, distorted and like it sounds so cool and I really do it on this bass because it like masks the tone because I'm really not happy with it. I do not like the tone of it at all. Thing gives me feedback everywhere I go. The preamp, man, it's just, and I've had basses with preamp, my Ibanez that I played for 
ever is active and has a preamp. Nowhere's near the same problems. I'm not happy with this. It's the only maple fingerboard I own. I don't like that. I don't like the height of the single pickup humbucker. My pick hits it all the time. The action, I could have it adjusted, but every time I have it lowered, it buzzes on the frets. Very disappointed with this, but as I said, it's a Sterling, not a true Ernie Ball, meaning it's like the, the cheaper knockoff made in Korea, you know. But uh, we're gonna turn off the we're gonna turn off the phasing and the octaves, and we're just gonna play with the blue box fuzz. And uh, this is some Adderall for you. So that is that poly octave being used as an overdrive pedal, meaning I don't have phase in there, which would sound like actually like it with the phase but I'm pretty sure our drummer might cry if I do that but um, so yeah like uh, I am for example in my solo I'm gonna turn on the octaves a whole lot so the higher octaves I'm gonna put it like noon the low octaves I'm putting like one click up turn back the phase a hair and then uh, here's it. here we go I would also at this point, I'm not going to do this here, I'll blow out your eardrums, there's no other instruments accompanying me, so I don't need a clean boost, but if we were playing live, this is also where I would use the Guitar Guts um, boost pedal. But here's the solo from Credit Whore, you guys can find this on Spotify, iTunes, all that shit by one side. And also, this is with the Poly Blue Octave, I used to play this with delay and reverb, but I, like I showed you, I'm going to do... Um, 
I've always played with the reverb in Crumble, but I'm adding the delay and the arpeggio. That was my solo tone. Now that I have this pedal, way better going to use this on this setting about for my uh, solo tone. This isn't actually the bass I use on this solo. That's why I, I normally play the four string and I'm doing it on the five. Throwing me off a little. At first I was out of key. Let's try that again. Not bad for playing it on a five string. Nice and noisy. But yeah. Jackson 5 right there. You know you love it.
can't even hit that note. Yeah. Now I got it. But yeah, man, that poly blue octave, shit ton of fun, bitches. Definitely liked it. But uh, yeah, we've been chilling here for an hour, talking about my bass rig pedal board. Haven't mentioned it. We're recording through two SM57 microphones. My cabinets are a 210 on top, everything Fender Rumble. But I have two 10-inch speakers in the top cabinet. That's why there's, so there's three speakers incorporated. Two 10 inches on the top, one big 115 at the bottom. I have a mic on the 15 and a mic on one of the 10s. And the horns are on full blast. The tweeters have a lot of high. Um, I have a Fender Rumble 500 head. Already gave you the settings. I have the contour pushed in. And um, I have the low mids pulled back to like 9 o'clock. And the high mids pulled to like in between 10 and 11 o'clock. And uh, yeah, that's how I run it. I am primarily playing on that Fender Jazz bass. If I ever get a super high-end bass, which I will, it'll definitely be some type of jazz, and it'll definitely be passive. Um, yeah, I definitely like playing a 5, though, too, but I'm not happy with this 5. It, it really sucks. <laughs> not a fan of it at all. But, uh, yeah, it gets the job done, I guess. So I hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening to me ramble about this. Got a bunch more pedals. This is just my main board. I got a shit ton of high-end bougie pedals to the left of me on my guitar board oh my god i have so much bullshit on that guitar board the case for this board this board just the metal thing that's holding everything in the case what is it 350 dollars case is fucking insane though i could literally murder sean with it why i always say sean i don't know but i could literally murder sean he's got a big fucking head so that's why if, if, if it was ever hard to murder someone by crushing their skull, the hardest would be Sean because his head's so fucking large. But I could kill Sean's gigantic head with this fucking flight case. But on that guitar board over there, I got a bunch of JHS pedals. And I got um, also got the plumes over there. I like that a lot. That's by Earthquaker Devices. But I have the Shroot over there. I'm going to go play guitar next. Not on this show, sorry. Not good enough for that. But uh, the Shroot over there from the office, Dwight Shroot, spelt differently. Uh, it's made by Fuzz Imp. Definitely check them guys out. I would speak a whole lot about that pedal. You know what? We got some time to kill. I'm going to speak a whole lot about that pedal. Why don't we play a track? And I was going to get out of here, but we're going to play one more track. We're going to give Fuzz Imp a shout out. I'm always catching his live videos and buying pedals from him. I like to give, see, like a, a boutique company like JHS, that's one of my favorite companies, but you know, nowadays there are a lot more well-known companies like Guitar Guts and um, Fuzz Imp fit the, uh, you know, um, boutique name a little bit more. Oh, that's I shouldn't say that's so pretentious, but I love all those other companies. But what I'm saying is JHS has like millions of followers. You know what I mean? Now, Guitar Guts pedals um, that and the Guitar Guts pedal is actually made by Goliath Effects. The dude from Guitar Guts, Trash to Thrash Mike, he designed it. But Goliath Effects is actually the one making it. Fuzz Imp, like they have a much smaller following. 
a lot of it's um you know like uh, social media based so go check out both those companies we're gonna get to uh, some noogie these guys come up on one side at radio all the time I think that's fucking cool I'm happy all our new songs got over a thousand plays each one of them and um, all our releases I have tracks with over a thousand plays and that's really cool for the algorithm because like a lot of these platforms so the more plays you have the more the band will get noticed on other screens and sometimes if you don't have have a thousand plays certain platforms they consider that to just have zero like if you have 999 plays it's just viewed as zero so the fact that all our releases the individual tracks are over a thousand i think there's seven songs on spotify and five of them are over a thousand two of them aren't but they're both real close so uh yeah totally do us a favor give us a follow one-sided on Spotify and Parasitics as well. Go give Noogie a follow and Blank77. Like I said, we're going to be uploading some more tracks there once the, uh, pretty sure we'll be uploading Hey You and I Don't Care and all that whenever Renee comes over and has the time. But uh, One-Sided Radio, you guys can hear that for free on Spotify, even if you don't have a premium account. A lot of these sites, they have premium portions but you can still hear the band for free and what you can definitely get is the radio portion and that's real cool guys if you go to the one-sided radio you'll hear one-sided every couple of tracks but you'll hear a bunch of other really good DIY bands now Noogie I already knew but there's a lot of bands on here I hadn't heard of that I think really do match our sound Spotify matched it up nice so go check out one-sided radio you can get it from our Spotify remember to check out the Pogo City Records playlist also that's on one side its page but uh, we are gonna get to Noogie and I'm trying to think what was the song I really liked? I think it's Who's Laughing Now. Let's check out some Noogie on Pogo City Radio. Yes, it, I'm sorry. It's definitely not this one, and I'm not really feeling it.
It's my life, and I'll fuck it up if I want. Words from Noogie. Go check them out. Now, uh, Andrew Bedlam here on Pogo City Radio. Been chilling for about an hour. About to get the fuck out of here. I wanted to talk to you guys really about one more pedal. I'm going to walk up close to the camera. All right, so what we're looking at there is Fuzz Imps FX, so F-U-Z-Z-I-M-P-F-X, one of their pedals. They have several. They have several Schrutes, actually. This is a complete DIY company. Everything is handmade to order, meaning there's not a room full of these pedals ready to be shipped. You order this pedal, and then the dude makes the pedal and sends it to you. So it might take a little bit longer because everything is made to order once one is sold it is built so you hit him up you tell him which version of the pedal you want i went with the version one and uh, the main reason i really wanted to try this and i have it on the board i'm probably gonna buy a second one because i want to keep it nice and collect it but um it's spelled s-h-r-o-o-t that's not the right spelling for shroot but i imagine he was avoiding some uh, legal complications. Now, at first, I thought it was a big muff circuit, meaning when you see lots of these pedals, especially from newer companies like uh, Boss and MXR and Electro Harmonics, like they've been there for decades. They've designed the pedals. That's why Boss's pedals are like distortion. MXR is distortion plus. But all these other pedals, they took those circuits and then they changed them. Most of these circuits that come out, it's not a completely new pedal that's never been done before. They're circuits that have been used for decades and people are putting their own tweaks and spins and combining things and putting things at different capacities and, and you know, just everything different using slightly different diodes or a different type of clipping, be it hard or soft or transistors or germanium or fucking silicon, whatever. And uh, those are, you know, all different ways to, uh, well, that was a lot of different things. Some of those were parts of pedals. Some of those were ways of amplification. Some of those were ways to distort, but you can change those things. So basically, Someone would take the DS1 distortion circuit and they'd give it more gain and they'd call it the super distortion. You know what I mean? That's how it works. So I initially thought usually a fuzz with three knobs on it is a big muff, electroharmonics big muff. I have one on my board. Absolutely love the pedal. When stacked with my JHS Haunted Mids that uh, my local music store Dave Phillips actually gave me for free because they're fucking kick-ass. JHS is my favorite company, and around Halloween, they gave me the Haunting Mids. Fucking awesome. An all-black pedal with white rotary knobs and a white, like, clip art ghost on it. It's so awesome. But uh, this pedal got Dwight Schrute's likeness on it. It is not a big muff. Now, the... Um, the the knobs are labeled normally it would be named labeled like volume gain and tone but these are labeled bears beats and battlestar galactica i say once again 
Bears Beats and Battlestar Galactica. Now, real Office fans knows what this is about. Those are the three things Dwight from The Office is obsessed with. It also says on here, identity theft isn't a joke, Jim. And this all references one episode, well, many episodes, but particularly one. Dwight's always talking about, like, which bear is best, and he's a beat farmer, and he's always trying to get his boss, Michael, to watch the show Battlestar Galactica with him. In one episode, Jim dresses up like Dwight, who's a super nerd and always wears mustard-colored shirts and these, like, Jeffrey Dahmer glasses from the 80s with a wire frame that are all big and a center part. And Jim comes in like that, and Dwight's, like, confused, not picking up on it at first. Jim always picks on Dwight. Like, like fun, like, like practical college immature jokes. So he comes dressed up as Dwight, and Jim starts, Fact, bears eat beets. And Dwight goes, No, they do not. He goes, Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. And that's when Dwight notices that he's imitating him. And he yells at him, Identity theft isn't a joke, Jim. And then Jim goes, Michael. And it's, it's fucking hilarious. It's a classic scene from The Office. And if you've never seen The Office, I've just bored you. And if you love The Office, you're laughing your ass off. And yes, this is all on a guitar pedal, baby. And it's a fuzz pedal, which means it's super overdriven distortion. So I would, uh, these are like slang terms, if you will, but overdrive, you would think of like a blues guitar player, right? So back in the day, motherfuckers like uh, turned up their amp all the way and it would sound all broken. Like if you turn your small little 10 watt amp up, 5 watt amp, crank it, it's like, and like spitting and shit. You know, it depends on which amp it has. But when when it's not, when it's just like a little bit of breakup, when there's a little bit of dirt on the note, when it's not completely clean, they call that overdrive. That's when you're giving it a little bit more gain. Baby, you gotta. Like I was talking about my haunting mids or this uh, trash to thrash guitar guts clean boost if you turn it up all the way. That comes before my amp. So what's happening? Sound vibrates. Uh, well, you know, the string vibrates creating sound. And uh, what is it? Sound is air vibrating. That's how it works. So that happens when you hit the string. The string is at a specific tension. That's what tuning is. And uh, the pickup, which is underneath the strings, they are magnets wrapped in wire. And then they turn that vibration into an electromagnetic signal that your pickup then picks up. It's basically a microphone. It shoots it out of your guitar cable and then into your amp, except we've taken all these pedals and plugged them in between. We're going to imagine it was just one pedal, however. We plug that pedal in, and if it has a volume knob or a gain knob, what's happening, it's almost, so if I hit my strings soft, it's quieter. If I hit them hard, it's louder, and it'll be overdriven. When I turn one of these pedals on, if it adds gain, it's going to act as if I'm hitting my strings hard as fuck. It's going to give me more voltage going into the amp. It's going to hit the amp harder. Therefore, it's going to make the amp break up at a lower volume. So think about it. People grew up wanting to sound like Jimi Hendrix. Well, Jimi Hendrix has tons of Marshall amps that he has cranked up all the way, and he's literally almost blowing them up 
driving them so hard and that's how he's creating his sounds and it would be rocking the roof off of your house like you would not be able to play it inside so what these pedals do it allows your amp at least distortion pedals overdrive gain pedals it allows your amp to act in that manner but at a reasonable volume that's also what an attenuator does like my fucking huge fender twin my evil twin over there has an attenuator on it it's a hundred watts and that's a hundred watts tube which means it'll tear your fucking face off for all you kids playing them solid states it is not the same it's a hundred watt tube it'll tear your fucking face off two speakers in there luckily it has an attenuator which knocks it down to 25 watts which will still tear my walls down i can't get that amp above like one and a half in my house but uh yeah we could rock the forum with that fucking thing but uh, an attenuator allows me to lower the voltage so i can voltage so i can crank the knobs so it will overdrive the circuit but it won't be as loud it takes the amp and makes it run at a quarter power so all of these things come in between our amps so overdrive slight breakup distortion Heavier breakup, it's also where we're altering the signal more, most would say. Maybe we're throwing in some hard or soft clipping, which actually means taking away from the signal. It's like, so think of your signal as like a heart monitor beep, and it, it moves, you know what I mean? It's actually clipping and distortion. Overdrive is turning it up too loud. Clipping it is actually ripping some away, which actually makes it a hair quieter, but more distorted. We're just ripping things off and it's making it dirty. Think of a ripped piece of paper. That's what distortion is. Then you get to fuzz, which is what I was doing with that poly blue octave. And that's just absolute, like, you know, like the beetles and the seeds and the completely awful farted, smashing pumpkins, but awful in a good way. Just, just completely overblown, distorted speaker sounds like shit. That's what we consider fuzz. This is a fuzz pedal. They say it could also do overdrive, all depending on where you turn the knobs. Now, it says Bears Beats Battlestar Galactica made by Fuzz Imp, but it is volume gain and tone. However, this pedal, I forget what circuit it's actually based off. It was another one I'd never heard of, and I would imagine that that was a ripoff of something else because I feel like I know most of the origins of pedals. But... Um, each one of these knobs actually offers more gain. So your tone knob would be if so many people don't know how to use their tone knob, especially in punk rock, and it is so important. It's also a huge part of my sound. My tone knob is always pulled at least a third of the way off on bass. It's always a third of the way off. That's how I keep my signal so bright but still maintain low end. Your tone knob is basically a high-pass filter. When it's on all the way, you are allowing all the highs. When you pull it back a hair, it makes it slightly darker. It doesn't actually make it slightly darker, it just decreases the highs. It doesn't allow as much of them to pass, therefore tricking your brain into thinking there is more low. In my opinion, this is how I maintain the low end while still having a brighter sound that I feel cuts with more clarity. I also always play scooped, as you've heard me say many times. Think of an EQ. All right, scooping is taking out the middle, making it like a smiley face, looking at a, a, a gallon of ice cream that's fresh and smooth, and you take your ice cream scoop right out of the middle. That is scooping the mids, creating a pattern like that. That, the guitar, is a mid-focused instrument. That's where it does best. In metal and stuff, they'll try and get a lot more into the low end, but especially in rock and roll, the guitar should be in the mid-frequency. That's how it's designed always, period. You can change it if you want, but its origins are of the mid-frequency. You think, when I'm talking mid-frequency, you could also think of a piano. 
You think of all the keys. You got the keys to the left. They're real low. That's the low frequency of an EQ. You got the keys in the middle, the tenor kind of, you know what I mean? That's the mid frequency. And then you got the highs, the soprano, and that's the keys to the right. And EQ works in the, the same way, basically. And when I'm saying scooping, I'm talking about taking out the middle frequency. I do that on my bass because I play super distorted and super low. And to be honest, with them playing super distortion, especially in a band like One Sided, even though people think they can't hear the bass sometimes, I'm going to drown out the guitar player, especially the clarity, because our ear is better trained to hear the low end. That's also why the bass was created, because the guitar does not do a vast enough sound spectrum, like a harp or a piano. It really can't handle the low end. That's why the bass is there. So because of that, I scoop the mids. So then basically all the instruments can be at the same volume, but we're all in a different frequency. So your brain can pick out the different notes. I think that's also where I get my tone from because it allows me to have this super muddy, super distorted tone, but then I still got some 2K, which is a frequency, and some highs that allow my clarity to stay. So I'm not just mud, okay? But with me being all loud like that and in the front, it still lets the guitar being heard because I have no middle range at all. So the guitars are just filling that all up and they stand in their little area in the center and I basically make a cup around them, fatten them out. They're in a smaller section but the focal point of the middle and I encompass all around them and fatten it out. So uh, yeah, that's just a quick little deep dive into EQ. And this pedal, like I said, as you turn the knobs, it adds gain in every knob. Even though there is a gain knob, the volume knob and the tone knob actually add gain. So the brighter you make your signal, the more distorted your single will, signal will become on this particular pedal. That is not a normal thing. That is something special the Shrute does. There is also the Shrute 2, which has the same three controls and adds um, a few more punch and pow and just uh, some more sculpting things. I don't own that one. I don't know what it does. I will probably buy it. I'm thinking about collecting this guy's whole line. He's only got a handful of pedals. Seems like a good guy. I've been talking to him a lot on Instagram. Like I said, give him a follow at Fuzz Imp Effects. Check out the pedals for yourself and uh, have fun doing this episode and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it too. I am going to leave you and uh, what should I leave you with okay we played some noogie you know what before we do give me one sec oh I almost ripped everything down give me one second so let's rattle off some shows okay now I think one side it's one side it's next show it is a big in it is this month May 28th few Weeks away, we are playing with the Bad English coming out of uh, Denver. Gordy has been on this show before. Go into the archives, check it out. It's on YouTube. Uh, go check out the Pogo clips on Instagram. He's there too. But yeah, Gordy from the Bad English and the Wheels will be playing with the Bad English. Go find Gordy's interview on here. But we'll be with them May 28th at the Fire in 
Philadelphia. And then uh, June 4th, we will be local in Allentown at the Alt Gallery. They got a ton of local bands playing, like uh, Resting Punk Face, Diamond Dogs, Sinbin, One Sided, a bunch more I don't remember. We are playing July 17th in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Still can't announce the lineup. Playing with the same lineup July 18th in Brooklyn. That will be a uh, matinee. I believe that is it at at uh, A7, uh, July 8th, one side it will be playing with Houston and the Dirty Rats. Houston was on the last episode. Go to our Instagram, at Pogo City Radio. You can find a clip of it there, and you can find the full episode in your podcast feed. But uh, yeah, July 8th, we'll be playing with Rubik's Pube at the Old Mill Pub that is somewhere in New Jersey. Uh, yeah, Friday, July 8th, Houston, one side at Rubik's Cube, plus more in Jersey. We are playing October 8th with the wheels. Gordy coming back around the fire. Uh, Connie's Rick Rack, can't wait for that. And uh, yes, uh, I don't know. I think our July 16th. I don't know about the York show. I think that got canceled. But September 10th, we will be playing, well, September 9th, 10th, and 11th. Punksylvania is going on, Camp Punksylvania, three-day festival, outdoor festival on some camping grounds. You're supposed to, you can get daily passes, or you can get a weekend pass, set up a tent, stay there, stay in a hotel nearby. I don't know, three-day show, Camp Punksylvania, featuring one-sided, of course, but uh, the casualties, gutter mouth, Doc Rotten, a bunch more. Definitely going to be a fun time in Scranton. Go on Facebook, and there is a bunch of groups for Camp Punksylvania. You can get all the information and uh, the tickets there. That's September 9th, 10th, and 11th. I'm not sure what day any of the bands are playing, but one-sided casualties, gutter mouth, Doc Rotten, and then about 40 others probably and uh, that's a good one to leave with why don't we leave you with doc rotten friends of ours from jersey these guys are a lot of fun we are going to go with their 2019 release where is the song ah brass tacks last one on the album we getting out of here hope you guys enjoyed the show if you did give it a like give it a share give us some comments that's one of the ways you can support the show without costing yourself a buck word of mouth the shares really help tell people you enjoy the show maybe your band was on the show if you want to have your band featured on the show drop us a line with a streamable link it would be appreciated we'll try and get it on if it's punk or oi uh, remember the show, the podcast feed, if the live listeners missed any portion. I can see there's comments, but I can't read them. I noticed at the beginning this happens sometimes. It's like a glitch, but I can see that there's comments. I can't read them, though, so uh, sorry. But, uh, yeah, the comments and the shares really help out if you live listeners missed any portion. The show will be available on Spotify shortly. If uh, you guys want to check out a bunch more episodes, they're all on iTunes, Apple Music, all over the place. Uh, go check out we have about almost 600 episodes been doing this for six years check out it all there's a bunch of cool guests in there from the unseen the casualties blank 77 the murder junkies the wheels the bad english the zippers a lot of cool bands could go on and on the misfits 
tons more. So, uh, yeah, I hope to see you at some of the live shows. And uh, if you guys want to donate some coin, in the description there is a PayPal link where you guys can leave a tip in the tip jar, help support the show some more. That would be greatly appreciated. But if you want to spend your money and get something for it, there's a link to the Cognito Forms page where you guys can pre-order the one-sided and parasitic split. We played both of those bands at the top of the show. It's going to be a limited release, either four or 500 copies. It's going to be on splattered pink, yellow, and clear vinyl, all three colors on one record. It's going to be awesome. The artwork was done by our friend Rob, who recently passed away. So uh, come show your support. Order the record. If you pre-order, we'll send you some stickers and pins. You can also get a discount on shirts. And there's also a link for discount if you guys buy bulk, if you're a little DIY shop or something like that. Getting out of here for now. I'm Andrew. Here's Doc Rotten with Brass Tax.
Party's over.